Hello, friends! Have you ever come home after a hard day of work or on the road and said, I could really use a drink, but I'm not feeling beer or booze? Well, have we got your answer? Naughty Soda! Naughty Soda is a hard soda with an ABV of 5%. It's all natural and gluten-free. We make it with natural fruit juices, natural spices, and sweeten them with agave nectar. We also make a non-alcoholic version for those of you who don't want all the alcohol. 100% natural, hard soda. ABV, 5%. Naughty Soda, coming soon to you. Ahoy! Welcome aboard the ship, go fuck yourself. <laughs> nah, just kidding. It's another Chitty Lowly Podcast. This week, the boys babble like idiots about everything and nothing. Also, Larry has told me to say that the Naughty Soda Brewery is up and running and they have 200 gallons of root, um, I'm sorry, of the root of the beer made and just chill it in the cooler. Yeah, yeah, get it? <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't like this shit. Oh well. Uh, um, uh, Larry is just vibrating about the brewery and his future. Uh, well, sit back, grab a beer, a groupie, and enjoy the show. See you at the end. No, the trip to fries. The trip Larry, to fries. Larry went to fries because you know, I was editing. I was having trouble getting the thing to render out. Oh, which I later fixed. But what was the problem with that? It was trying to change the codec and rewrite it into a different codec. And that's what was taking so long. It wasn't just spitting it out as I had edited it. So I'm like, this is going to be too big to fit on a DVD. I'm going to need you to, you know, need thumb drives to put these on. Like, how much do you think of whatever gig thumb drive would be at Fry's? Because they said, they kept saying, 32. there's a Fry's right down the road. There's a Fry's right down the road. I think it was 32, wasn't it? Yeah, well, that's we the size we got. Yeah. We could have got away with a 16. Oh. But, um. That would have been a couple of bucks cheaper. Larry runs out and gets these two. They were on sale. I don't know how much they were. Uh, $14.99. Yeah. So that's a good deal for 32 gig camera. Each. Brings them back. I go to put the, the movie onto the thumb drives. It's this unknown error. Cannot copy file. Does not compute. Yeah, basically, end of line. So, what the fuck? <laughs> I've never had this happen. No, you weren't like fuck. You actually just went fuck. <laughs> never had this happen before. So I, I tried again. We tried the, tried the second one. Same thing. I had to go online. Then we phone. tried the original one, the tree, and that didn't work either. Yeah, but I've never had this happen before. So. I go online, I'm like look, trying to look up something to tell me what's wrong. Stop. <laughs> and um, what it turns out is that I had to reformat the thumb drives in order to get it to accept the file because yeah. the particular format that those are formatted in will only accept files up to four gigs. Now remember, it's a yeah. 32 gig hard drive. I can, I can explain the choice of that. It's just a very technical answer, and I don't know if it's entertaining on a podcast. Go ahead. I'd like to hear it. The uh, Most of like the, the main formats for for, uh, for file systems, like our, our um, Windows has one. Windows has one that's called NFS. Yeah. Uh, OS X has its own to do that. The problem is that those two are not compatible. Windows, Microsoft owns uh, the copyright, to, you know, all of whatever, to, to NFS. What? <laughs> 
Crinkle, 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 crinkle. crinkle. Um, since Microsoft owns it, they won't share, you know, the behind the scenes part with that with Mac, and vice versa. So there's not like one compatible format for everything. But there's this older Maybe. thing called Fat Thirty Two mm-hmm. um, that works. That's, that's now open, so they they can use that. So most stuff that you get that's Mac and Windows compatible is usually in that. But since it's old, it only can hold up to two gigs um, before it has to segment the files out. Mm-hmm. So and that's so most stuff when you're buying stuff that's compatible. Like some, some, so sometimes you'll find a thumb drive that's Mac compatible. Sometimes it's Windows compatible. It's because they're pre-formatted in that specific format. Now this but didn't list <coughs> anything. Yeah. It just said 32 gigs. Yeah, that's then that's that's the whole like that's the whole fat 32. Mm-hmm. Or there's something there's another one like that, but it's the same thing. Like they don't have a certain size. That's but, stupid. Yeah, it's uh, it's always it's always fun to try and figure. Like think I have a I have a Mac that has a Windows installation on it. And like, if I want to have like a, you know, if I have my uh, external drive, I, you know, it's like they're not, you know, Macs can read NFS, but they can't really, they're not enabled to write it. So it just becomes this complication. Well, what do I do with those files? What do I store them as in order to have them over there? If the file would have fit onto a DVD, and I could have burned it to a DVD, then that's universal. It wouldn't have mattered. Yep. yep. But apparently they didn't have any problems with it. Okay. We'll find out. <laughs> Because they didn't call me. Place I did like get a message from Paul the next day asking me about the title. It's misspelled in the yep. movie. Is it? Yep. Yeah, unfortunately. I didn't notice it when I put it in. So well, I'm hoping other people won't notice it either. What's misspelled? Nuclear spelled wrong? Nope. Ver- it's not verses. <coughs> it's three, verse. it's three it's verses of a song. It's verses, not verses. Oh, oh, okay. When I got the, the redo from Talon, and I was like, sorry, I'm, you know, this is late. I'm, I figured out, you know, I must have smelled it. He was like, no, I probably did it. Country I don't think I doubt anyone will notice. Like, it, it, I saw it, but it wasn't like, it didn't, you know, it didn't set it out of place. I watched it like five times while editing it and didn't notice it, so, but. Yeah, know. but you were also up for 30 hours. Well, I showed it to you too and you didn't notice it. No, we didn't notice Yeah, I didn't, I didn't notice it. Uh-uh. And you'd, really seen, you'd seen them like three times by that point. Mm-hmm. I'm just like the only reason I noticed is because that's my I'm since I'm HTML Anal. web developer guy, you know, fonts mm-hmm. and, and typing, so it's like the first thing I noticed. So, so you could should have done just VS. Well, in hindsight, <laughs> ah, in or, hindsight, or yeah, I probably should have been spelled correctly. Well, <laughs> I mean, no, yeah. you would have done that wrong. I mean, SV. SV. Jimmy West saves the nuclear. <laughs> Exactly. Jimmy West serves the nuclear <laughs> Peach. <laughs> That'd be Dr. Sandman serves the nuclear mm-hmm. And I went to bed earlier and I didn't pick that up. That's that's crazy. So normally I, I'm like there I kinda like can proofread too, but I guess it's I just the trailer. But there you go. Which there I didn't notice that either, so Oh well. <laughs> Fixing the trailer. Close enough. We'll, we'll fix it in post post. <laughs> post post post. Yeah. Post box. We'll do a whole new post production for the movie after. And then Steve can be in the poster. Yeah, I need to find somebody to Photoshop and Steve <laughs> into the poster. And then we'll get to Evan or, or Jared to take a picture of you and then you can create the poster, right? You'll have to just come just, dressed as Steve. We'll just do a poster for each character. <laughs> Steve. 
Just make sure you wear your jeans, your white shirt. Yeah, and the that's, that's the one beauty part of owning my wardrobe. I can be Steve whenever I want to. You can be in the sequel. Sweet. You would have to be in the sequel. Because he didn't get This is Jimmy's wife's best friend. Yeah. Only if I die in the first minute and a half. <laughs> oh, you're doing the Charlton Heston thing. <laughs> yeah, I'll come back and do the second movie, which got killed. That's what uh, Harrison Ford said when, when about the new Star Wars initially. Yeah, they broke his leg, so there you go. Out, yeah. Did you hear that whole thing that they're gonna like use a, a double and then face transfer him onto the double because they can't delay shooting? No. This guy It's like Blade Runner. Yeah. There's a scene. Or the, the Crow. There's a scene in the in the redone Blade Runner. Yeah. Where it's actually Harrison Ford's son. They um, they took. Um, the shot where Harrison Ford is talking, I forget what it is, but the, the dialogue doesn't really match mm-hmm. what's being said. So they had Harrison Ford's son come in, reread the lines, then they cropped him from here to here and just used his mouth and superimposed it over Harrison Ford. Wow. Do you see the, the bonus footage of them like working on that scene? Mm-hmm. It's sort of interesting because he does like it's almost like he's like this totally different guy. Like he's just like a not really an actor and not really. Yeah. So it was a weird kind of uh, when they actually had done that in the original because when the they did it for the redo but when when Zara goes through the the glass when she dies like mm-hmm. um, like that well, spoilers the infamous, the infamous like that that the stunt person's face like was face she ends up facing the yeah. camera during that take so they kind of they left it in but then they went back and they went back and re-photographed her face yeah well everyone was like really concerned when they heard that she's going back in to shoot new scenes for the movie they're like. She's half naked through that scene and it's been 20 years. Um, we might notice a difference. <laughs> and all they were doing was just reshooting her face so they could Although, put it in To the... be honest, like she kept herself in really good... Yeah. Like she didn't look as old as, as she Harrison is. Harrison Ford. Oh, well, I getting him for our next movie. <laughs> I think Harrison Ford would agree he's... Oh? Well, no, he just doesn't look the same as he did in Blade Runner. No. He looks exactly the same. They keep talking about making another sequel. I have yeah, seen like that. Ridley Scott keeps talking about writing one, and Ford hasn't dismissed the idea of being in it. And it's funny because he spent 10, 20 years talking about how much he hated working on that movie. Well, you know, glory days. Yeah. yeah Although if he acts by. like he did in Ender's Game, then I'm wondering. If, I don't know, did you guys see that movie? Nope. Every scene, it's like he's on. I don't mean like drugs, like, but just like. Just, no, he's on painkillers, but he's on some kind of medication, like through the whole thing. Like his all his entire delivery is like a little. That's draggy. what a lot of his uh, interviews are like. Yeah. I talked to him in interviews recently. What? It's a little. It's a little draggy. Like it's, it's very. It's a little distracting. It's not the Harrison Ford of, of yeah. the early '80s. It's it's like I don't know. I don't know how he'll be Han Solo. It's it's supposed to be thirty years later, so he could just be sitting in a chair doing nothing, mm-hmm. and it won't matter. They actually don't have Chewie translating for him. <laughs> actually, they're going to go the right yeah. I think they're going to go to Oh, he said... <laughs> Chewbacca! That's a Chewbacca's going to be speaking English this time. Proper English. Proper English. He's I learned. have finally learned your language. <laughs> I'm the only, uh, the only Wookiee that can speak like a human. No, what they've done is they've they converted 3PO into just a little collar that Chewie wears. Ish. So when Chewie speaks, it comes out in 3PO's voice. It just lights up and blinks. 
Wow. <laughs> that went off on a tangent. <laughs> isn't that, isn't that a Achieving Reality podcast specialty? Yes. No. What are you talking about? <laughs> Speaking of which, I saw on Facebook today somebody posted an article. Apparently tomorrow, during, well, not during the premiere of Jimmy West versus the Nuclear Mutant, but several hours before that, there's supposed to be a special announcement. Pink Floyd's announcing a new album. I saw that. It's trending. Mm-hmm. It's trending. Um, I don't know what I, how I feel about that. Well, there's what from what I read, it's, it's a lot of stuff that was recorded at the same time as the Division Bell. So Richard Wright is going to be on the album. So there will be three members of Pink Floyd on the album. Okay. And then the rest of it's stuff that has been written to go along with it. Okay. So it'll be a technically a Pink Floyd album. A Pink Floyd-ish album? Oh, could, could be great. Who knows? Well, well that's true. But I used to have a little... <coughs> ACDC's going to start touring again, even though Malcolm's not going to be part of it. I thought they were calling it quits. Nope. Apparently they all got together and talked about it, and... Malcolm's like, go ahead. Or more like, Meh. but you know. I felt like that was one of those where they were like, they were, <laughs> I felt like they were whole, like they were almost like waiting as like a, uh, for him as a way to help him get better, you know, something to look forward to to get him mm-hmm. more motivated to get well. But it almost sounds like that they realize it's past that point. Yeah, he's, I mean, he'll never be able to play like he did before. I mean, it was a, it was a stroke for heaven's sake. You never get everything back. Oh. You look Chris. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that explains everything. You'll never be as young as you are right now. I don't know. I was younger a few years ago. That's, you'll never be as young as you are right now. I learned that from Meatloaf. Good for him. That's a line from one of his songs. Uh, Not Paradise by the Dashboard Lights. No. no. He'll never ever be as young as he was back then. Mm-hmm. No. Never ever be as big as he was back then either. No. I mean physically. <laughs> yeah, he lost a lot of weight. He was huge. Well, well, he no, I always knew that he was a big guy, but you know, I've seen some pictures from, like there's a video mm-hmm. for that song. I was like, holy crap. He's going to eat that poor singer. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy West versus the meatloaf. <laughs> <laughs> but only if we can get the 70s meatloaf. Yeah. Well, you know. The we'll we'll meatloaf, I mean, it's not as scary. We'll just, Sorry. We'll just bam up his meatloaf. He's a much, he's a much better actor now. But... Just get some extra padding and that'll be good. No, just give him the bam. Bam ass meatloaf. We'll just superimpose meatloaf's head on, yeah. on, on bam. And get him a wig. I have a wig. It's black, though. Close enough. Close enough. Close enough. We'll shoot him black and white. No one knows. Still be black. Just get a share wig. I mean, meatloaf and share had the same hairstyle back then. So do most people. Not James Taylor. No, not James Taylor. He had a mullet, which is not good anyways. Mullet! So yeah, not Cobra. I had to figure out how I'm going to get the new Pink Floyd album. Buy it. The last two, you know, they had record stores. I was there like, the, the day it came out, the day, you know, the maybe moment the they one, opened. Maybe the one guy camped out at Best Buy. <laughs> <laughs> Run in there and get it and take it home and put on my headphones and listen to it and... Now Super quadraphonic like, sound. And now what am I going to do? Uh, run to Amazon the day it comes out? <laughs> Just go on iTunes. I'm sure you went down to like... Uh, you don't need the uh, physical copy. Yes, I do. Like Waxifax or one of the, one of the places down East Atlanta. Like they would probably have a, 
They're they're not quite as fast as some other vendors about putting their new stuff up. <laughs> oh shit! Something came in. <laughs> what about that one in Roswell? Do you think that would be? What one in Roswell? I guess that's why you could go to. Get what would be passing Roswell? With a special bonus CD of stuff that doesn't it's have anything like, to do with the album whatsoever. Yeah. Best Buy exclusive. Oh, you didn't know that. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, oh. Best Buy exclusive. Target does that a lot too. Target yeah. exclusive. Sticker. A bunch of stuff that you can't get on other versions. Best Buy. you look at it and it's like, what does this have to <laughs> why do? Is this, why do I want this? That's an, I think it, there was one I, I saw it was a best. It was a Target exclusive and apparently the bonus disc that came with it was like an interview disc. When it's always right, like, yeah, it's always because there was a phase in the mid two thousands where it's like, m- like a lot of big albums had like the the special one disc one DVD like thing that was three dollars more or something, and then you get a DVD and it was like three a three minute promo reel, and that was it. Like it was mm-hmm. like nothing of any. It wasn't them making the record. It wasn't them live. It was just like them talking about making the record. Remember when that last spot came out? Hey, you know, we uh, should make a record. Yeah, that'd be great. Here's your extra disc. When the last Spinal Tap album came out, there was an iTunes exclusive track, and there was an Amazon exclusive track, mm-hmm. which were different. That, that stuff. Sucks. So I had to. I had got the. I got both of them, but I had to go on Amazon and download the special track, and, then, and I had the, the physical CD. And then there was a, a radio special that you could download from one of the companies. Mm-hmm. Something else. It was like a, a short film or something. Mm-hmm. But them actually going to Stonehenge. It was like I had to go through four different companies to get the complete thing. Yeah. I think the only one that I thought was really that that really impressed me as a bonus disc, maybe even been a Best Buy exclusive, was when Muse released um, on their 06 album. The, the bonus DVD was actually a, a DVD they had released in like a separate like actual release in the UK. It was a live a live DVD, mm. Black Holes and Revelations. The uh, so like it was an actual. So when you bought the bonus, the bonus DVD was actually something that would, mm. was actually a real release. I remember getting the Paul McCartney Best Buy exclusive disc that came out with Flaming Pie, mm. and it was like a radio show and four unreleased songs. And when you heard them, you realized why they like were right. unreleased. And he had the radio interview in between. Mm. Like, oh, this is wonderful. Thank you, Paul. You're welcome. They had a Best Buy exclusive for the uh, Beatles anthology, too. And it was like radio spots mm-hmm. that the Beatles had recorded. We called Rare Interviews and stuff. And it was mostly radio spots. That's what's in the uh, three-disc Led Zeppelin one. <clears throat> you know, they had the big four-disc Zeppelin box set. And they had a three-disc, which is a smaller had, one. They had a two-disc set, too. Yeah, and I know which one you're talking about. I've got it. And it's uh, interviews and radio bits. I used to use them when I was on the on the air at V91. Like you're listening to yeah, this is Robert Plant. You're listening. To this, this is Robert Plant. You're listening to Led Zeppelin, and so I would always play a Led Zeppelin song after I did one of those. Of course, where's you know a lot of radio stations you hear it now. This is so and so and so and so from Muse, and you're listening to whatever the radio station is, and then they play you know the Beatles. You're like really. Like you, you don't want to play the band after the, the, the bumper you just did? Well, because the computer doesn't know. Yeah. Well, you can change it so the computer plays the that band the song. The computer has an algorithm. And it's like, you got to play yeah. this group so many times a day. You got to play this group so many times a day. Yeah. It Not knows that. what you want to hear. There's got to be at least this much time in between plays. And otherwise, it's just... 
the DJ actually goes in once a month, records a bunch of bumper spots, and there's nobody at the radio station. Not anymore. I will call and request a song. It sounds like you dial up a modem. I want to hear Aerosmith. <laughs> Aerosmith. I think they heard me. By request, here's Triumph. <laughs> well, yeah, it's a journey song. <laughs> you haven't heard that in a while. <laughs> By request, here's Triumph. <laughs> July 7th, 1983. Excuse me, 84. You're excused. That'd be 84, because that was the, their last big hit, right? Mm-hmm. So now mm-hmm. I'm sure I can identify a if I had to. Somebody's out there. It's their last big, big hit. Back when they, when they went pop. Back before Fog Hat. After Fog Hat. That's long. <laughs> I know this because I went to see Triumph on that tour, but the only reason I went to see them is because Bad Company was opening for them. Bad Company. Is when they Bad Company made their comeback. Oh, uh, was it? Was, oh, so it was the it was the later Bad Company. Yeah, not, okay. without Paul Ryers. Right. Yeah, I was about to say, why would Bad Company opening for Triumph? I was like, oh, okay, I got you. On their Fame and Fortune tour. Yeah. They have Fame and Fortune. That version of that band lasted a lot longer than I thought it would. I mean, it was well. Like, there were three original members and the new. Lead singer, and yeah. Then I think I don't know how many times the lead singer changed. Well, it was good, but it was one of those where it was like they, some, one of the original members dropped out. It was like the new Bad Company sounded like um, uh, the new Thirty Eight Special. Like if you're in that era of like totally, you know, it's like is that you wouldn't have known it was Thirty Eight Special unless someone told you it was Thirty Eight Special. Well, it was the keyboard thing. Keyboards became everybody had to have keyboards in their band now. Van Halen adopted keyboards for 1984 and. Me. Meep, 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 meep. Everybody meep, that have keyboards in their band now is like, you know, your whole nothing in your back catalog has keyboards in it. Why now? I, I just love the fact that the song "I'll Wait" was co-written by Michael McDonald. It's one of those like head like those head splitting kind yeah. of moments. Is like, is that even possible? How the hell did that come together? Someone actually finally asked him like a couple of years ago. I was like, so what did you do on it? He's like, well, they almost had the song finished. I just kind of offered some. <laughs> <laughs> this one, this one section. Now, what a bit coolest background vocals been done by Michael McDonald. <laughs> <laughs> Just let him sing it. I actually would. <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome. He should, he should do it in concert. <laughs> Here's a little song I wrote with Eddie Van Halen. Oh, hey, baby. <laughs> he says "baby" after everything, though. Of course, because oh, he does background <laughs> vocals on uh, Christopher Cross's. First album. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there's a whole... You can make a whole CD of, like, different bands where he just sort of shows up and sings, like, one song. He's on... Um, there's a Toto song. Uh, one of the, the one from 86. Um, um, or was it one of the later ones? But, uh... I don't, oh, I don't have it in my head right now. But, uh... Pull out my iPod. But there, been, there was a there was a period where he would just sort of show up and just, yeah. just sing. I mean, no, he's on don't pull of, out your iPod. He's on a bunch of Steely Dan. Well, he was part of Steely Dan. Yeah. Was he was ever official or not? Yeah. Was, was yeah. Official? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just like he was officially uh, a doobie brother. Yeah, that's what made it change completely when Michael McDonald showed up. Yeah. Like, wow, this doesn't go with the last album. Yeah. Yo, when y'all went Michael McDonald, y'all went Michael McDonald, didn't you? Yeah, he's, he's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's kind of a strong flavor. You can't just mix it a little. 
one of the um, Eric Clapton songs from that time period has Daryl Hall in the background. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are you doing, Larry? Nothing. What are you doing, Larry? <laughs> Nothing, Chris. Have you ever seen the uh, the web series Yacht Rock? Oh, God. No, but it's, the it's, family has. It's uh, totally... It's totally... There's one episode that sucks, but there, but like the other nine are... like To me, because like, it's totally that whole... like. They use like the real history of like those of that period of the fact that Michael McDonald's on Celia Dan records, Kenny Loggins and Michael McDonald wrote songs together. You know, What a Fool Believes is like together with both of them. And they actually wrote a whole ton of songs. You didn't, like most people wouldn't even have known um, to the point where they would actually. There was a point where they would write a song together, and then Michael McDonald would record his version. The Loggins would do his version, and they would try to release both as singles. Which is funny to see, like you see when you see like the, the actual history that the stuff, like, <laughs> like no one knows that Kenny Loggins and Steve Perry did a song together. They did. Yeah. It, I wouldn't say it's a particularly good song, but it's not. It's called "Don't Fight It." It's sort of silly, but it's. Uh, it's on one of the Kenny Loggins albums. Yeah, it's on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Don't fight it. You know this sucks. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the way they used it in in Yacht Rock was amazing. Those. That's how I even found out about the song, but the way they used it in that series. Like that if you have like a, a couple hours to blow, like that whole to me that whole thing is worth seeing. Well there's during that time period, there was no soundtrack that came out without a Kenny Loggins song. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that even becomes like a joke of the <laughs> Caddyshack, Footloose, Over the Top. Yeah. God. <laughs> okay. Over the top. Top gun. Yeah. Kenny Loggins was the soundtrack guy. Okay. Mm-hmm. You want a really exciting movie. Kenny Loggins is your man. And I'll start with Caddyshack. But that's a good song. Now Danger Zone is the one that all white guys have somewhere in their collection but don't admit to. I don't have it Who's in the Harold and Kumar movie? Harold and Kumar go to Guantanamo Bay or whatever. It's well used in that movie. All you need is the intro. Ding, 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 ding. You're done. You, mm. you want to get the white guys riled up. That's how you do it. Don't want some Kenny Loggins. Mid-80s Kenny Loggins. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently Matt is uh, <coughs> requesting you go back to... Uh, yeah, so... This, yeah. Yeah. Yep. To get him more. I didn't want to admit that I, that's already been taken care of. <laughs> you have now. <laughs> He'll never hear it. No. What are you supposed to do? He, he likes Tim Horton's coffee. Oh, so, when I, so whenever I like, it, and, I, and usually I don't even buy it in Canada. I usually will end up buying it like the closest Tim Hortons to the airport because they do have them like yeah. in Detroit or in, in Buffalo. Um, I guess you, yeah, because that was a mile away from the airport pretty much every time I bought it for him. Just that one have to carry it across the border. Anyway. <laughs> Doesn't want to get busted smoking Hortons in his pants. <laughs> Is that some coffee in your pants? Or are you just happy to see me? Yes, officer. I'm happy to see you. Not so happy to see you, but yes, it's coffee. <laughs> Real coffee, not that stuff you drink. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. We do have a brown regular. Water. We have regular it's coffee. Hot brown water. We do have regular coffee, Chris. There you go. Every once in a while, it's Tina's lukewarm khaki water. That's not very good. It sounds like how many times they've run the water through the pot. That sounds delightful. It's delightful. <laughs> With a hint of cherry. <laughs> No, I don't want him in my coffee. <laughs> it's, it's diet, like it's it's hot diet, brown water. Hot brown water. It's diet hot brown water with cherry. No, I don't want him in my coffee. <laughs> Ooh, deja vu. 
Must be a glitch in the matrix. <laughs> oh, that reminds me. I saw a great picture on the internet yesterday. <clears throat> it's a lady in some kind of outfit reading the... Uh, As opposed to no kind of outfit? Well, it's an ugly outfit. Oh, okay. And she's she's looking at a page and working on a, a either a Sudoku or a crossword. She sounds hot. And then... <laughs> and, and then there's this woman sitting beside her. And then literally three feet up the bench is a woman dressed exactly... Now, granted, it's the internet, so it could be fake, but there's the exact same woman that's here. The only thing that's different is, like, the hairstyle. Doing the exact same thing. Clothing and everything. And I saw it and said, there must be a glitch in the in the Matrix. And I was just like, that's pretty funny. <laughs> so, that reminded me. Okay, wasn't that funny? Now I explain it. Well, it's not that it wasn't funny. It's the way you explained it wasn't funny. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. So, Chris, are you going with us on the 16th or 18th? No, no okay. he's not going to uh, to Kiss. Oh, he's not? It's at Lakewood. Oh. I'll be in Boston anyway. Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> it Lakewood? Uh, no, yeah, no, not Lakewood. No, he'll, he'll spend the extra money and go to, 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 to Toronto. To Toronto. <laughs> I'll spend the extra money and buy the album. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I actually actually may relent and go. I did bought it. I bought a ticket to the Soundgarden National Show. Lakewood. So I may. I may. I may. I know shock. Shock or. I guess because it's it's Soundgarden more than. Well, it depends on whether his Kevlar vest comes in from Amazon or not. <laughs> I'm even trying. Uh, Don't get that Batman armor because it makes you vulnerable to knives. Uh, man, I hate. I just hate going. Oh. Because I told you that the whole, the whole not, uh, you know, I was up in Toronto. I happened to be there. REM scheduled a show the weekend. I was already going to be there, so I saw REM there, and it was amazing. That venue was awesome. They were playing Lakewood uh, two weeks later, and I was like, well, they're probably going to break up. They may not. Who knows when they send a little tour? I might as well just go. That show was so great, and, and the show was okay. The venue was a fucking atrocity. Lakewood so, is pretty ugly, so but it's Kiss and and Def Leppard, so. No, it was well, the greatest one here well, for a long time. The biggest problem now is that since it was one of those original, like, amphitheater shed, whatever they call them now, the uh, it's the slope's not steep enough. No. Like, it was one of the original, like, they just built it flat. Like, Molson was built, like, five years later and has a much steeper mm-hmm. slope. So when you're back on the lawn, so you when can you're, when you're in the lawn, So when, when, so when you're in the lawn and I mean, you're drunk, you roll all like, the way down the front of the stage. You can actually see the stage <laughs> from the like lawn. When, when you drop your beer, it rolls all the way down oh, yeah. to the crowd. <laughs> oh, d- 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 shit! Damn, that was my last one. I had to buy another. But the thing with the like twenty-two RM. bucks for eight ounces. The thing with the the RM show twenty-two was bucks, and they let you smell it. <laughs> Sweet beer. The thing with the RM show is they had sold the. Okay, I'll pay twenty-five. Get the damp cloth. <laughs> they had sold the front section as like a general admission. Like they pulled that set front set of seats out and had to be general admission. But when they were giving people the wristbands to, like, to, to get in there, they weren't actually rerunning the tickets. So people had apparently like taken the, since you're just printing it out at home, they changed the word pit to, from, they'd buy a lawn ticket and then change it to pit. And so like the pit was completely overloaded, like completely. And so they were like literally getting to the point where they couldn't do anything else. So they were sending people who had paid 80 bucks or whatever, like the highest amount of money to be in the pit or being sent back to the lawn. Because there wasn't anywhere else to put them, and there were too many people in the pit, and I was just like, "Such!" I mean, you could see them screaming. I was like, "Totally legit screaming," but they wouldn't. Re- you could see them at the table. They were just like, "Sure, here's your wristband." Like, 
Can you not grab like freaking the scanner and just go B C verify that they're that's just uh, laziness on uh-huh. the, the No, the all the people who could do that are not working at the TSA, so <laughs> Yeah and How'd you get your job? Beep. And they you only need a sixth grade education to work for the TSA, so congratulations. You only need a sixth grade education to go beep. Mm. Matter of beep. fact, most four year olds can go beep. <laughs> most most four year olds can work on QR reader. Beep. Beep. Your turn. I can't. Why not? I can't go beep. You just did. That wasn't me. <laughs> that was dubbed in later. That was dubbed in later. <laughs> we have to harugi that out. That was acting. Acting. So this will go on your resume, right? That's new. Oh, this, that's, new that's my my extensive acting. Because honestly, well, not not to get try too far down this pit, but the a- acting was a good. Uh, when I was well, mostly because I could sing. When I was like a, a kid, like we do the school production. Well, he was like a kid, but not when he was like when I was sort of like a kid. Um, you sort of like a kid like, like two weeks ago. <laughs> I could pull back the, the teenager every now and again. Um, <laughs> we know. Yeah, every. Yeah, whenever we need an extra teenager for the movie. Put him in a baseball cap. That'll make him look like a teenager. He's almost, <laughs> he's almost forty. He's perfect. Uh, they, they kept. That's like, how we cast. Hey, it was either you or me. He's a nail. <laughs> you look younger, Chris. Just want to let you know. Okay. He's male. If I look older than Larry, I'd be interested. <laughs> I know exactly, exactly. That's how, that's how we cast. He's male. <laughs> He's male. We name him Rhonda. We need a Rhonda. Okay, get Jared. He's male. <laughs> <laughs> when I was in elementary school, they would just like we'd have a, an end of the year production every year, and since I would I could sing, they wouldn't necessarily have me like in a leading role, but they would put me in some main role. But then when I was a sixth grader, they just said we did. Uh, I get to I got to play a dead man. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we did like the the PT Barnum story, and uh, so they were trying to figure out who would be PT, and 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 uh, there was a solo for PT, and apparently I got it because I could sing the solo. But the whole it was basically me reading from the script. On the we were doing it in a, in a church sanctuary in the the pulpit or whatever you call it, the was, was choir loft where the where the preacher, um, lectern or whatever the you know the. Where he does his sermon normally. Jewish. There's another synagogue. Yeah. Anyway, where he normally would do the, the, yeah. the it was up high in, in this particular church. Now. It's in the place right. of um, directory. So basically, since he since I was dead, they were basically this, this was sort of the idea of me re- narrating the story of you know of my life from this you know. So it'd be reading from the script essentially, although I. I memorized the first page. I don't. I don't know. Woo. why. I know. Last time I memorized lines was that was <laughs> it was before that. Yeah, it was sixth grade. So that so I did. So I had the lead role in the sixth grade production, and then decided that I uh, I uh, the director of productions at when I went to Pace Academy, like he, he when he found out I could sing and had been the lead in the sixth grade play, he's like, oh, you should. We're doing Sound of Music. You should. You should be a Nazi. And I'm like. <laughs> I'm totally perfect for that role, um, and I, I, the, the, I, the whole concept terrified me. Like I didn't, this was big Nazi. This was real. Yes, I did. Yeah, terrified. Those guys me. always die in the Indiana Jones movies. Yeah. <laughs> they in, melt. They, they melt. It's really. <laughs> I don't want to melt. <laughs> I really don't want to melt. The Nazis in this movie don't melt. Uh, so what were you the in art? that sound of music? <laughs> well, no, I, I yes. wasn't because the I idea because they they did their productions at like at, like ours was in the sanctuary which held like 400 people which was still pretty huge for a guy like you know for a kid like yeah. me 
But it was like they were doing it at like Peachtree Playhouse and you know Alliance Theater or Academy Theater. Like they were in real like theaters. Yeah. And it was like the whole wow. concept was like like, theaters. like just destroyed me. I was like, there's no way I could possibly get in front of these these people. And uh, so I didn't really act again. In the night. My uh, my blah blah. My ninth grade English teacher kept trying to recruit me for the. She would she was running the middle school play, or the the junior high plays, and so she kept trying to recruit me. And I'm like, no, I don't really. For me, acting was like the one path that I didn't follow. That you know maybe I could have. I was I was pirate number five in Peter Pan senior year because they <laughs> you are they, they ran out of pirates. I was you weren't because I could sing and I was I had one line. <laughs> I had, I had one line. I he had, had one been, line and he forgot it. Well, no, that was. What's that ticking noise? There was line. No, no, there was there was a delay in at least one of the shows where I I didn't realize that was my cue and there was this stall because it was a moment where I that was my line was going to be where the, the kids just started chaos emerged and the the kids started beating up the pirates. Uh, my line was, "The ships bewitched." That's my my one line. That deep, huh? Yeah. I don't remember your voice being that deep then. <laughs> it's the character. Ah, yeah. Acting! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was... Yeah. Illusion. <laughs> and then, of course, you were in the movie last year, then, too. Uh, yeah, briefly. Yeah. No <laughs> lines. The Lost. Pop no, you had lines last did, year. Yeah, no, but I mean, no lines to memorize, because I didn't oh, really yeah. need to. It was like... Our Lost film. Yeah. Our Lost film. The your lost 40 your hours. soul is as dark as your mascara, I believe was mine. That was one of them. So, yeah. yeah. That was Who writes that shit? I have no <laughs> idea. Oh, I don't know. Whoever it is needs to stop. Yeah, I know. Retire. Retarded? Retire. No! Yay! Yay! <laughs> the only reason is that. This will sound great! Yay! Yeah, the only reason I was in Peter Pan was because the year before I had yeah, like, I'd, made it as a salad. <laughs> the year before I'd been tortured as a, I was because I'd run sound for a couple of years uh, for Pace Productions before that. When we, we and opened, they were horrible. We opened the Fine Arts Building in my, my, my sophomore year, and since I had run sound here and there, right, they used to hire a guy, and it's like, well, he can kind of do it, so he's <laughs> just to have he's him. fifteen, let him do it. <laughs> Uh, free and I was telling hire Skip, a guy I was telling Skip this story actually when we were working is we had the three wireless mics that we were using yeah the wireless I didn't know, yeah and you couldn't tell I don't know how much like I kept you could hear he and I were sort of talking shop at times because my junior year we did a play called Into the Woods a Sondheim thing it's an awesome production but our insane director decided to do like full Broadway it's after Over the River like yeah this whole full Broadway full Broadway presentation full whatever wireless mic on every actor except one and guess who was in charge of running sound for that production? Me. You were. 16 oh. years old. You were. The, the, the dad of the, the the really the star like singer. like she Which is the one that didn't have the mic. She, which she didn't need one. That was the thing. She really didn't need one. She had one. But he, so he, he had pitched this idea of us doing this full like wireless mic extravaganza. <laughs> and he was supposed to help me. He was supposed to be there in the booth helping me the whole time. And, but he would bail. Like he, he literally would be there as we would start and take off. And it was literally, we had, I mean, this was, okay, this was 1991, and I'm 16 years old, and our, our board doesn't have lights on it to tell you when the mics are getting turned on, when the channels are on or off. It's just like, there's a little button that's about the size, I'm trying to even think, it's like a centimeter high when it's off, and a half a centimeter high when it's on. And I have to be able to tell oh the difference, because you can't trust the actors to turn their mics on and off. 
So essentially, I'm like really? conducting the board. Wait, like, how'd you learn that? <laughs> the best, well, and it was like there's most people were good about getting off stage before they would start talking of any kind. This one girl, one of the shows, just walks up. She was upset about something. I didn't re- I forgot. I, I forgot to turn her mic off, and she she was ten feet off stage, like blah blah blah, blah and it all went through. <laughs> it <all> went through. <laughs> <laughs> like oh god, that one. <laughs> That's not it. It's, it's, and it was kill them all. But the the script. Well, if it wasn't bad enough that it was fifteen individual body like in wireless mics. It was that we had a reel-to-reel do, running sound effects <laughs> that I and it was out of reach. I couldn't reach it, so I had to like the stage. I had to get one of the stage hands to literally come back from off stage to come up to the booth to run it. So I'd cue him to have the, those play because I just couldn't do everything by myself. You had to have a a, 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 a broomstick. Yeah, ex- yeah. Click, click. <laughs> but he and then the dad would come in like whenever <laughs> whenever his daughter was was doing her solo, like he'd come in. His idea was. Sound is perfect if you just kind of lightly hear feedback. That was his thing. So like he would come in every time and start pushing the pot, like get louder and louder. Now mind you, she could belt out to the back, best right. singer we had in the entire school. And like so he'd sit there and keep just keep pushing up, and then you hear that. I'm like, and I can hear it. I'm like, this isn't pleasant for me. I don't think anyone else is gonna enjoy this. Yeah. Third night, I put my hand down. Like, so that he was literally pushing, and he kept pushing it, like, into my hand. It's like, like, he didn't acknowledge why I was trying to stop him from going any louder than... And then he'd leave. And I was like... Yeah, because he wanted his girl to be the... The... Oh, my... That's was, when you turn her all the way down. And the... the you just turn her mic off. Click. The scourge of the whole thing, and the thing that ruined it... And if, if that wasn't already ruinous for me... Now, I'm 16 years old running this. The, the, the giant is a an off-stage role. There's no visual cue, and it got to the point where, in that order, girl that he works with, in order, in order for me to know, like I got to the point where I would just basically look. This, I I had the mem- the numbers memorized. Literally, farmer was was channel five. The farmer's wife was channel six. I you will could, remember that for the rest of my life. You did just put the tape down. Well, so I had well, I might have, but it was like I had to. I basically got to the point where I just knew the person by the number. Mm-hmm. So I looked to see who was coming on and I would just punch those channels on. Um, I had a script, but you just couldn't, there was just too much to follow. And, uh, but the giant was no vision, no cue. There was not a cue. She would just start talking. And I missed it two of the four nights. <laughs> and it was the second, the first night he, the director was, he, he was known for being, he's still known for being a kind of pain in the arse. You know, it's, it's it's 1130, it's 1130 at night, we've just finished run-throughs, and we're going to start over. We've been cussing the whole time, and he throws an arse out. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and I... The this, heck? The, the, the second... Holy doo-doo. The second time I blew it, like, I, I blew it and got it turned on, and I knew where he was sitting, and I looked down, and I see these arms just go throwing into the... Like, just, like, Oh my god! So, so this whole like torturous like sound is now literally the year before our sound design was uh, three mics on the front of the stage. Three PZOs. That's it. That's literally like that was it. And they gave me like so at the, after the productions like they would give out plaques of achievement. You know the you'd have the certificate of achievement and then there's the plaque of you know of achievement if you did something really great. But he would just give plaques to pretty much everybody. Participated. And, yeah, and so so when he and so this production, he's the one who started that shit. <laughs> so the production that killed me, like, so they decided to give out when we get the award ceremony and hand it out. Everybody got plaques except for me and two of the stagehands. 
Oh my god! And they were the two that helped him. And I was, uh, yeah, well, I, yeah, one of the ones was one of the guys who helped oh, me out. Funny. Yeah. It was, uh, I was tortured sideways, but I mean, it was like the whole idea of putting a sixteen-year-old in charge of, you know, all of because I had even installed extra speakers on the sides for the sound effects because we didn't have stereo separation. I wanted to have that sound effect over there and that sound effect over there, so I'd split it off the board, done this whole elaborate thing, and it was like, and it just destroyed like that. So of course, then I wanted to be in a production with that guy. Although Peter Pan was the right one, because um, yeah. In the Woods is a very it's a fairy tale play, but it's a very adult fairy tale play. All right. That uh, not to totally spoil it for you, Boobies. But the end of the first act, like everything's happy, it has a happy ending. In the second act, everybody dies. Woohoo! And uh, that's would, a happy ending for me. So we would. <laughs> We got to the point where we would actually, if there were if there were young kids that were there, we would tell their parents to go home after Act One. Plus, Act One was like an hour and a half, anyway. Yeah. Um, so the next year they were like, "Well, we'll do Peter Pan." So it was all kids, so he couldn't be his normal, his normal screaming self. But uh, money. And no one ran sound that production. I the actually, ship is. I ran, I ran. I ran the board myself so I could record it. <laughs> so it was, How'd you manage that? <laughs> I set it. I, I set it up, and then I'd walk back the back way so no one would see me coming, coming and going in my pirate costume. And I had uh, the cassette deck, the auto reverse cassette deck. So as soon as the was about to start, I would start it recording, leave, come back, flip tapes at second act. Yeah, I was running sound. Yeah, that's funny. While I was on stage. Oh, so you can do that next year. <laughs> I used to run sound too. In fact, weirdly enough, right around the same age group as him, except I'm two years older. I ran sound in elementary school. I ran sound at the Fox. And I did it once in junior... No. Senior high. I did it once in senior high. Mm-hmm. Senior high? Mm-hmm. Is that different than junior high? Yes. Once in senior high? It's elderly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't really feel like being in South Pacific, so there you go. <laughs> well, there you go. I didn't run sound, so I, mm-hmm. I can't... I'm not part of this. But you, you can tell that that's like the, one of those stories. Everybody's got like that, that the, memory, that thing that bur- buries them for the rest of their lives. Yeah. It's like anytime you even start talking about it, it turns into like a five minute tree. Uh, but running sound for that production was like, all right, lights dim, on. <laughs> and if a problem crops up, you run and tell somebody. <laughs> so he just watched sound. Yeah, I watched sound. Yeah. Production. I, got, I got a plaque for that. And in, the, <laughs> I got, I got in elementary school, I had a tape recorder. <laughs> on, 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 off, off, rewind. No, no, because the sound effects are sequential. Ah. So it's like the gunshot goes off. Bang. Bang. Down <laughs> connect. One thing I can say for the the show with the fifteen bang, bang. Yeah. <laughs> one thing I can say about the show with fifteen uh, wireless mics is that the uh, the recording of the show is kind of awesome. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> fifteen track audio. That's awesome. <laughs> he looped it into into surround sound. <laughs> <laughs> we got seven point one surround sound on this one. Fifteen point one on this one. Fifteen point one. You need to have fifteen speakers in the front that move around. That move. <laughs> They move around in, the, in response to the actors. <laughs> Just throwing up from motion sickness. <laughs> the audio is horrible, but the visual is stunning. <laughs> like something out of the Matrix. It's crazy. That's something out of that last Superman movie. 
We actually had a wait a mic. One of the mics went dead during a show. How'd you know? What? <laughs> the battery so, so, Yeah, the battery. The battery went dead. We changed them all, but that one just that one freaked out, and we uh, we had a spare. <laughs> yeah, we had we had a spare. I just my mind didn't even think of the idea of like having sixteen wireless mics at your disposal in a high school production in 1991. But that meant that we had, so we had to get a stagehand to go and like swap it out on the actress, and then I had to swap the channel out. Stop grabbing my butt! Yeah. <laughs> I had to, we had a patch board that has cables between, so you could put that oh, input into sucked. that output. So I, and I grabbed, so so 32 was the, was the, was the spare wireless, and I was trying to put it back into track. It was, it was actually the, uh, the farmer's wife, track six, had gone dead. Mm. And in my reaching around to, punch it back through, I punched it in that by accident in the channel five, which meant that the farmer's mic went dead, uh, but hers was working. And so I could hear that his was no longer working and hers was working. I'm like, the hell is going on? <laughs> he realized, unfortunately, he was another one that could belt to the back. So as soon as he heard that he wasn't, he was no longer coming through, like he just started belting to the back. I'm like, what the, <laughs> what the hell's going on? I hated the patch cables. <laughs> when I patch him back in, it's going to get noisy. Yeah. <laughs> Sounded exactly like that. <laughs> it was me. You yeah. just didn't know it at the time. Oh, yeah. You do look like the farmer. Thanks. You look like the farmer's wife. And then I never round sound for productions again. You never round sound? <laughs> never round sound. Well, next year. <laughs> Dear God, no. We'll have you do it next year. There it is. Right there. No, no, it's on your left. Get it. <laughs> yeah, I've been wanting to do that for a long time. Well, there it was. Another Achieving Reality the Podcast. Chris and Larry once again infest your mind like a case of head lice or bedbugs. Yuck. And warp you into a state of lethargy that only... Um, yeah. <laughs> what? Uh, oh, oh, yeah. Um, uh, uh, for Chris, Larry, and Harvey, I'm Tina saying... Gabba, 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 hey! Oh, wait, uh, oh, never mind, they're all dead. That's okay, all you have to so do I'll, is carry one of these. Okay, so next year I'll be running sound, acting, and doing, doing music. Yeah, sweet. And writing. And writing. Wow. This is not going to be as good as it was this year. <laughs> that's okay. I'm quite possibly directing. <laughs> no, that's my job. Oh, yeah, there's going to direct. Uh, This episode of Achieving Reality, the podcast, has been brought to you by AR Records and their new band, Gone and the Apostles. New from AR Productions, AR Records and their new Christian rap band, Gone and the Apostles. These guys are super religious and are deeply faithful. With their first single, He Died For You, Now You Die For Him, and their follow-up, The Last Smoke Out. Oh yeah, it's religious. Uh, uh, pick it up today, Golden the Apostles. Get yours today from AR Records. Yeah, that was gangster. <laughs>